spark of your life, motivation, keep it moving, uh, all about improving, this here is a movement, conquer your life, uh, ain't no going backwards, time to overcome your challenges with Tristan Mathers, aiming to see the success, time to start living your best, positive changes, they creating a ripple effect, mind, body, spirit, all about resilience, welcome to the podcast, hey, let's get it, get it. What's up, everybody? I'm Tristan Mathers, and welcome to Conquer Your Life. Join me as I interview successful entrepreneurs from around the world, sharing their invaluable insights with you. Together, we'll ignite the fire within and unlock your limitless potential. Let's get it. Been looking forward to it. Yeah, man. It's awesome. I enjoy doing these. I enjoy doing my own, but I enjoy being a guest, too. It's fun. Yeah, man. So where are you from again? You said I read your bio in New York. Yeah, Long Island, New York, yeah. Okay. Have you lived up there for a while? Yeah, I've been here all my life, man. I uh, grew up by the beach uh, down here in Long Beach. And then um, only I moved for a little while, uh, maybe like 15 minutes from where I'm at. And then I moved back. So like I'm about three or four minutes from where I grew up. So I've been here for now I'm 40. So 40 years, basically. Really? Okay. Too, too many years if you ask me, but that's another conversation for a different day. <laughs> yeah. You know, the more you keep talking, the more I can kind of hear it in your voice. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it's like down there. You know, I'm, I'm in Wichita, Kansas, you know, there's fields and cows and grass and that's about it. Have you ever been down here at all? I don't know if I was in Wichita. I was, I did go down to Kansas because one of the manufacturers in my business is down there. And I actually went down there for about nine days. We were pretty close to the border of Oklahoma. I went, ended up going to a casino or whatever. So I don't know the specific location where that's at, but Mm. yeah, I was down there, flat ground, lots of farmland. Yeah. But seems like a pretty cool place to live though. It's, it's, it's all right. Just like I'm over it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Truthfully, man, like the more that I'm here, you know, the people aren't bad, but they're pretty small minded, you know? So when it comes to being an apex and sharing the values and stuff, I go and talk to people like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, that's not, that's not how it goes here. Yeah. But you know, what's crazy. Like even out here, you would think New York, right? Big city, big place. Um, yes, there are entrepreneurs out here, but the same thing for me, like most of the guys I grew up with are not on the entrepreneurial path. They're not thinking the way that I think they're not elevated in their way. They do things. So even myself, I feel stuck out here because I'm not around people that are trying to elevate. So like when we get in the rooms and everybody's apex, so most people are business owners or at least attempting to be business owners or or they're entrepreneurs, you know, you get that opportunity to be about around that energy and the conversations are different. Um, so I don't have that here, even though it's highly populated mm-hmm. and you know, just maybe how it kind of panned out. Some people I see like guys in your age group which has been really impressive for me to see because I've had a lot of young guys on my show lately and having the ability to ask questions to guys that are young that are already on that path of trying to build big business and and build the life they're looking to live is like, you're surrounded, like who do you come up with? You know what I mean? And and I met a few of the guys who are actually, who work in Apex, who who went to college together and they're kind of like helping bring each other up in the game and now they're elevating each other and challenging each other. So it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, it is, man. I remember when I first went to Apex Live, my first Apex Live back in November 2022, it was the first time in my life that I really was around the energy that I've been waiting to be around my entire life. And I was like, oh my gosh, it just, it felt like I was at home. 
felt like my energy, my frequency was being matched everywhere I looked. And I was like, this is what it means to be apex. This is what it means to be around like-minded people. Um, so how long have you been in apex? I'm in apex two years, August already. So it went by pretty quick. I'll be honest, but you know, it's a testament to doing the work, you know, when you, when you have your head down and you're grinding it out and you're doing the work and you know, you're growing your business and all that time, time tends to tick by pretty quick, you know, and I'm really trying to embrace it. I'm enjoying every moment of it because, you know, life is precious, man. And I'm getting a little bit, I I got some years on you, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. And, you know, time goes by real fast, man. It's been a blink of an eye. You know, I feel like just yesterday I was graduating high school and that was 22 years ago already. So, you know, it's, it's a quick transition and, um, but yeah, two years of, being around all these good guys and there's been some shakeups in there, but, uh, but it's been a blast, you know? I mean, I just like, I came chomping at the bit like you were to go to the event. Like I'm chomping at the bit all the time to get back there and be around people mm-hmm. because every time I go, I'm re-energized, reinvigorated, you know, yeah. ready to take on the world. It feels like, like I left MDM, like a, a, a bull in a China shop. Like I'm just ready to crush everything. And, uh, you know, it's, it's honing in on it. That's the most important thing. I see a lot of people, they go to these events, you get excited, you have a few conversations, all's well in the world. And then you get home back to, you know, where you're at or where I'm at. And, and, and you go back to hanging around people that don't want to elevate the way you do. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you have to keep that, that fire fueled at all times and finding that, you know, the, the, the elements that you need to keep that in one place at all times is really important. Yeah. And that was my hardest thing from coming, coming back from MDM and coming back home. It was like that big ass dopamine rush the entire time I was there being around all that energy. I just wanted to keep going. I wanted to keep hustling and keep building. And then when I got home, it's like this wave of mediocrity and adversity just came over me as soon as I crossed the the Kansas line. And I was like, damn, man, like it, it took a couple of days to reset and get back on it. Like it was like, like a high, like a drug high, you're, you're up, 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 up. And then I crashed when I got home and I was, I felt like shit for a couple of days. I was like, man, I, I was doing so good this last week. So I was learning everything, but I realized that my body really did need that break. Yeah. I mean, that's typical. Um, I've just learned to ride that momentum when I get home. Cause if I let myself crash and burn, things can get off the rails real quick. So I try to keep my head on and, and like part of it, you know, when you go to these events, one thing you start to learn is what's important is you extract what you need. Because what happens when you go to your first, second one, you you have the propensity to sit down and write every note and and listen, hone in on every speaker. But I've gone to so many of these things now. So, you know, I I have the ability to take what I need, listen to the speakers I want to hear, spend a lot of time networking. But also when I'm listening to the speakers, I don't sit and take endless notes. I take what I need and I pull it. And so then when I'm on the, on the flight home, I mapped out an entire plan of what I needed to do when I got home. So when I get home, I can get right to work and I'm not overwhelmed by 30 pages of notes. Holy crap. This guy said that this one said that. And you're overloaded where you feel fried essentially when you come home. And I hear that from a lot of people, you know, it's, it's, it, it's the networking as much as I love networking and talking to my people. It is exhausting at times too, because it's a lot you know, it's, it's, it's overstimulating, especially when you live in a world where you're not stimulated that much from that perspective, you know? So there's a lot of recharging, but a lot in reality, I was so excited to get home and implement and, and work on the things that I knew I needed to do that. I almost used that as positive energy 
when I got home instead of looking at it like, oh shit, I got to take a deep breath. That was a crazy, uh, you know, weekend or, or, or four or five days that I was there. Cause I didn't leave till Monday afternoon. So I was there for a while. And, um, but just really honing in on what you need, you know, you're, you're a younger guy. You're still trying to figure it out. And plus, you know, listen, I, I don't knock it, but I, for a long time when I went to these things, I would stop. I'd go to the restaurants. I'd stay out late. I'd drink with people, but I haven't drank in six months. So I'm trying to, mm-hmm. like, I'm honing in on my health, really trying to build the life I want because I got started later on in life and I'm really trying to fast track that. So a lot of my time at MDM during the day and lunches or whatever I spent, I was getting food and going back to my room because mm-hmm. I, I really want to focus on the things I need to succeed. And sometimes we get caught up in the hoopla of what's there. You know, everybody wants to party. And I think a couple of you guys uh, had like barbecues and everybody's there and it's a cool ass environment. But for me, like you talk about overstimulation, I, 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 I needed to ease off the throttle and kind of be with myself after those events and try to take in what I needed and mm. do some thought auditing, you know? So it sounds like in the past you ended up doing some of those things and coming home and being fried. You learn for from sure. It. I mean, it, because it's it's like one big party. Yeah, it you really know? is a big ass long seventy two hour party where you get for to real. sleep here. You know, there. with a lot of learning and a lot of yeah. eye opening situations. And then the question is, even though it's eye opening at the time, do you go home and hone in on it? That's the mm. that's and that's where the money's at to me. You know, I see a lot of people go home and then they're lost. You know, right away. And yeah. that's why mapping out a plan a plan is so important. I never used to. And then the last couple of times I went to events, I said, you know what? I have a nice plane ride home. Instead of dicking around on socials or doing something or watching a movie, let me pull out my my iPad and just start. Nothing crazy. I'm not really um, like technologically savvy, but I pull out a note, like my notes app in there, and I just start typing bullet points, things I need to do when I get home, you know, and, and just start working that checklist and knocking one thing off at a time and you know, a lot of it's small stuff. Like, I don't know how much, if you listen to Andy Frisella, but he talks about his power list. Yep. And, I, and, and you know, lately I understand the power of the power list. It's like, you know, the thing is we, if you're just going every day, but you're not really like <clears throat> keeping track <clears throat> of what it is you're doing, you feel like you got nothing done. But I can tell you right now, if you create an actual checklist, well, when you're done with something, you physically have to go in and check it off. There's something mentally that goes on mm. that clicks and says, shit, I accomplished a lot. And it could be five small things, you know? Could just be sending a, a very simple email to somebody. But the fact that I wrote it down, took care of it, and it's finished gives you that sense of accomplishment. And that's what's missing with a lot of people because by the end of the week, I'm like, shit, what did I do? But now if I go back to my checklist, I'm like, damn, I knocked out a lot of things that normally I wouldn't. And for me, I'm older, so my memory is starting already kind of slip by. So I have to be a little <laughs> bit on top of my shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you, man, dude, that, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Go, that was my first real ever first big event. So, I mean, I was just kind of in awe the entire time. I mean, I'm seeing everybody on stage and I'm like, damn, these guys are like my heroes, <laughs> you know, and I'm just, yep. I'm just pouring Lost into drug. it. And I'm like, gosh, this is amazing. Um, but I definitely learned a lot because when I came home, man, I was, like you said, I was brain fried for days. Um, but yeah, definitely for anybody listening to this who went to MDM, maybe felt the same way, or you haven't been to MDM, if you went to an event and you did feel the same way, it's very good to listen to what he's saying. Like make a process, check off your list, don't do too much, you know? And I know a lot of guys there were inviting me out to parties and to go and do these things. And 
even then I realized, damn, I am already too brain fried. I need a break. Mm-hmm. And I'm still trying to put wrap my head around how other people did that the entire time, still t- stayed up till 2 to 3 a.m. and went to MDM again. I'm like, what? How the hell are you doing that? Doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but yeah, dude, um, I appreciate everything you're saying about that. You're helping me learn um, by hearing you. That's what it's uh, all about, man. Sharing's caring, bro. Sharing <laughs> is caring. That's for damn sure. That's for damn sure. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I want to get to know you a little bit more. Um, so when you when you joined Apex, was it just for your plumbing business? Is it plumbing? Yeah, I have a plumbing and heating company, yeah. Okay, plumbing and heating. So did you, did you originally do that and then find and figure out how to do the coaching uh, during that? Or has the coaching been there since the beginning? The coaching I've always wanted to do, I just, um, you know, part of it is having the time to do it, first of all, because I want to dedicate my time to the people that I'm working with. You know, people, if people are going to pay me, you know, you want to make sure you're putting all your effort into it. So you know, I, I wanted to make sure my plumbing business was where it needed to be. And we're still growing. I'm only uh, four years into that business, but interesting. We've, uh, we've come a long way really fast and we're still <clears throat> kind of heading in the heading definitely in the right direction. So the coaching business kind of came along a fit more officially when I hit Apex because, well, for a couple of reasons. One, my business started to soar. I hired enough guys that were doing a lot of the work, which freed up a lot of my time. But the other side is you start surrounding yourself. Like you were talking about before, you know, when you get around the right people and look and you get around the right conversations, it changes how you look at life and it changes how you operate in your life. Mm-hmm. So even though I always wanted to do it, I kind of just pussyfooted around and was a little bit scared to pull the trigger. There's you know, imposter syndrome, which is real. And I dealt with that a lot. Like, who the hell am I to tell my story? Who's going to listen to me? Who really gives a shit about what I have to say? And then when I get in that room and we start talking and I realize people have their ears perked up when I'm speaking and they take a lot of what I say and that a lot of people come to me and approach me and appreciate what I do for the group and what I've done for them personally. And you start to realize your value it's a game changer. And I realized, okay, this thing is what I got to do. Like, this is my passion. This is my purpose. This is what I was put on this earth to do. Mm. The plumbing is great. Makes me money. But overall, I enjoy helping people. I enjoy coming on your show, having a conversation with you. I enjoy being in the room with some of you younger guys, having those conversations, maybe giving you a different perspective on life itself. Because I have a lot of life experience and I did fuck up when I was around your guys' ages. Like I was in a lot of shit and you know, getting into trouble and doing things I probably shouldn't have been doing and, you know, learn from those experiences and then grew. So, you know, sometimes you find your purpose and reality is most people, they spend their whole lives trying to figure out what that purpose is and they, some of them don't find it. Mm-hmm. So the ability to be in there and be around people and learn and grow and then recognize it and then seize that moment is, is, is what's up. You know, that, that, that's where the wind's at for me. That's so big, man. And, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people on here and uh, a lot of them are older and uh, they they figured it out later in life. So they're very curious to know, you know, me as a younger guy, how, how what was my path to figure it out early, you know, and they're like dumbfounded by it. But in all reality, man, I just I, I just say it's a God thing. You know, I mean, the path that I was put on, I'm very honored to find my purpose early, which is teaching other men how to be the masculine leaders we need in society. You know, it's something that's needed so much. And um, I'm curious to know 
with with your story, what switched with you and your mindset um, that finally you're like, dude, I got I got to do something different. This is the life I want to live. Oh man, that is a loaded question. And I I could be on here for two hours giving you're you welcome. an explanation. But what I'll say is this, you know, when you're running in the street and you're doing all these things and you're trying to build a life for yourself and you, and but then the reality of being an adult kicks in because you have bills mm-hmm. to pay. And then like my now wife and I got together and then she had two kids. And so I took on the responsibility of being a parent so that was one of the biggest switches for me. And in reality, I don't necessarily give her credit, which I probably should. But the <laughs> fact of her and I being together kind of put me in a position to have to be more responsible because I was still kind of running around and trying to figure out my life. I mean, I was in my mid-20s at the time, but I had been on my own since I was 17. Mm-hmm. So navigating all that, trying to figure out what to do. And then her and I get together. Now we had a bumpy road for a while, but it helped me focus because now I'm taking care of not just myself. And I have a, at the time a girlfriend, but now I'm parent, like basically parenting two children. And that changes your whole perspective on life, you know? And, and, and that was one of my biggest turnarounds. I've had others, you know, just realizing, look, you know, how long can you run around and do this shit? Like there was, there was really like a short period of time where I had, I had gotten fired from a job. I got arrested and I broke up with some girl that I was seeing. And the girl wasn't a big deal, but the point is three major things in my life happened all at the same time. And and sometimes when those things happen, that's that turnaround you need, right? So, mm-hmm. and the job wasn't so great, but it kind of caught me by surprise that I lost it. And then getting locked up for something st- stupid. Um, it was a wake up call, you know what I mean? I realized that I had to get my head on straight and start doing things. Um, and I was always entrepreneurial, but I just, I was always, I don't know, maybe a little bit scared to pull the trigger on something. And I never knew what that thing was. So, you know, around that time, I got a chance to, to get into my family's business. And funny thing is, it was my stepfather who I came into the business, you know, the plumbing and heating field with, mm. but he's also the one that kicked me out of the house when I was young. So there was a long period of time, him and I, my mother really didn't have a lot of great communication. We tried to fix things. And then over the years, I accept the fact that I took responsibility. You know, that's the biggest thing. One lesson I can tell your listeners, if they're older, if they're younger, you know, the thing when we're young, a lot of times we're thick-headed and we don't stop to take responsibility for the stuff that we do. And that was my biggest problem as a youngster. Like I blamed everybody for my shit and I never took responsibility. I never got in front of it and said, you know what? My actions... And, and the things that I was doing is what led me there. I was always, no, it's that one's fault or it's my mother's fault or it's my father's fault, it's my brother's fault, it's everybody else's fault but my own. And the truth is, once I stepped in front of that and realized, no, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm responsible for me. And as human beings, that's all we can ever be responsible for. I can never be responsible for you. I have to be responsible for myself. And part of being responsible for myself is stepping in front of it and saying, you know what? take responsibility for my actions because my actions led to somebody else's reactions and those reactions eventually created the shitstorm that I was in. Mm-hmm. So once I started taking responsibility for myself, that was one of the bigger turnarounds and 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 I got into I got into this, you know, into this lifestyle and learned the business. I mean, that was over a 15 year period up till now, so wow. You just let me have it. I appreciate that, man. And I, I've been there before too. I'm very guilty of it. I know a lot of us listening are too. Probably most likely all of us, you know. And Almost everybody. Yeah. It uh, <laughs> it, 
it, it, it, I even had it happen to me the other day. I didn't even realize it, but I was blaming somebody else I truly loved and cared about um, that it was their fault for the situation I was in. And then I blew up on somebody and I realized, holy shit, I was internalizing these things and I wasn't taking accountability and the responsibility of it. But I like it or not, you know, I needed that wake up call. And I was like, holy shit, I thought I was doing good, which might be true to a certain point. But like I was I wasn't doing as good as I thought I was. And it's really and at the beginning of my journey, I those wake up calls used to affect me in a very negative way. But now when it happens, I'm so grateful for it. I'm like, thank you, God, for showing me this early so I can learn from it now and take this fail failure and turn it into good. Like, it's awesome when things like that happen. Amen, man. And I'll add to that. You know, just because I'm saying that you need to step in front of it, you can't look at yourself in the negative. The reality is in life, everything happens to you for a reason. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. Mm -hmm. And I tell people all the time, I'm not a religious person, but I'm very spiritual. And I totally agree and believe that you're in the places you're in for the specific reasons you're there. And they happen to you when they're supposed to happen to you. Mm -hmm. I guess you can put put action into place that will help fast track you in the right direction. There's no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, things happen when they're supposed to happen. And so putting myself in certain situations when I was younger, listen, at the end of the day, what do you expect to happen? You know, if I'm going to run around and act like a goon, well, those types of things are going to happen to you. If you're going to run around and sell drugs, well, guess what? Eventually it catches up to you. So, you know, it's like also where you place yourself. But at the end of the day, every single day now, since I had these turnarounds, I have gone, I've dove deep into me. And that's what a lot of people don't do too, because we start to feel guilty. You start to feel selfish. It's not selfish to, to dive deep into yourself. It's actually the most selfless thing you can do. Yep. Because in order to be good for people, you have to be the best you. So how do you become the best you if you're not putting that time and effort into it? And so I have gone on a journey that'll never end now of constantly growing, constantly, um, my, you know, my working on my mindset mm -hmm. and, and just getting to the life that I want and to be the leader that I want to be, not only for myself, but for my family, for my kids, mm -hmm. for people that I spend my time around, for a younger generation like yourself to be like, you know what, this, that, and the third thing happened to him, but here he is and realize that mindset is everything, but going all in on yourself is the most important thing. You have to put yourself first. And for a while I fought that because everybody in your life, when you grow up says, oh no, well, you know, if you have a girlfriend, like, oh, well, I'm not first. And you're oh yeah, you are. But in reality, no, you're not because mm -hmm. I wasn't right. So how can I show up for you first? How can you be number one if I'm not number one? Because right. I have to be number one in my own life. You got to be number one in your own story and you have to take charge of your own story and your own life at all times. Like you just cannot let off that pedal. It's so freaking important based on what you said too, what you're doing. That's, that, that's essentially what's happening now is that everybody's been beaten down and especially men, like men these days are not men anymore. It's like, yo, stand up for yourself, stick up for yourself. Be a strong human, be yep. a strong leader. You know what I mean? We need leadership now more than ever before. Ooh, yeah, way more. Like too many things are tolerated. Like we don't have enough standards for ourselves. Like uh, us men, like it or not, anything that's going wrong in the world, it's our fault. You know, we are the leaders, protectors, and providers of this generation, just in general, in any family dynamic in the world in general, men are the leaders. And if shit happens, it's the king's fault if their uh, fucking kingdom is trampled and broken apart. And to add, 
add, add to what you were saying, uh, one of the core things that I believe in is that you must first be fulfilled, fulfilled like a cup um, before you can teach others how to do it as well. Too many people don't dive into themselves first and they go and try to help everybody else around them and wonder why their hole inside is getting bigger and bigger, you right. know? So Agreed. from what I understand, what I'm teaching in Conquer Your Life is that you must first conquer your life before you can teach others how to conquer theirs because you have to be the example for them. If you're going to somebody and like it or not, you're a fat ass, you're unhealthy, you're talking to yourself like crap, your family life looks terrible, but you're giving somebody else advice. How, do, how are you respectable? How, how can you be telling somebody else what to do when you're not living it? And that's the thing with men and why a lot of people aren't uh, respecting their role models is because the role models are teaching something that they're not doing. You know, that's why I love what I'm doing and I'm be able to, I'm able to connect with these younger guys at a deeper level because I have went through it. I can see where they were and where they can be met, you know, and how they don't respect adults, how they should, but like it or not, to put the blame where somewhere, I mean, the adults are the ones that raise the kids. So if the kids turn out a certain way, it's because of the leadership that they got. Um I know I, I say that all the time. I'll be honest, because I got two kids and my mm -hmm. wife and I. So there's been kids coming to my house, you know, they're friends. And a lot of times when the kid comes here and he's out of control, yeah, it's 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 easy for humans to say, damn, that kid's a that kid's a fucking asshole, you know? Excuse <laughs> me, I don't want to. No, I dude, it's fine. You get on the show, yeah, but like, we let it he's rip. a fucking asshole. But then I, and then, and then I stop myself and I say to my wife, you know what? It's not this kid's fault. What are his parents like? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, for us, yeah, my kids might talk back to us because that's just kids growing up and they're trying to find, you know, this is the one place where they're, where they're comfortable. They feel safe in the house. So they push our buttons. But from all accounts for me and my wife over the years, when the kids are somewhere else, when our kids are somewhere else, we always get positive feedback on their behavior, how they treat people, the respect levels that mm -hmm. they show, because that's the type of respect and, 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 um, lifestyle that, that we've kind of placed on them and taught them and showed them, you know, and that's the other thing with, with, with people in general, as a parent, for sure. But as a leader, it goes double is that people don't generally hear your words and run with the words that you speak. Okay. As a leader, the, the reason people follow and the reason people will go with you on your journey as you're trying to lead is because you lead from the front. And when people say, oh, you're leading from the front, what does that mean? Well, what it means is when I'm over here opening my mouth and I'm preaching about your health and I'm preaching about your family and I'm preaching about your, your, your finances and I'm preaching about all the four, you know, levels of your life that you have to be, you know, fulfilling in, in, in all ways. I'm showing up in those areas. So if you're somebody that's trying to be a leader and you're trying to take people with you, but you're falling short in two of those categories, like you said before, if you're overweight and you don't look good and you're over there telling me how important fitness is, well, why would I listen to you? And so if you think of all the best leaders that are out there, some of the same people you and I probably follow, mm -hmm. they live by everything they say. Yep. They say they work out. You see them in the gym every day. Their bodies look like they work out. When they mm -hmm. say they're financially free to an extent, they're, they're living their life to their best abilities, right? Yeah. Their family life, the same thing. So in all these areas, their mindset, it's all on point. And so that was the same thing for me. You know, I, that's another reason why I didn't pull the trigger on coaching right away. It's like, how can I coach people, but I'm not taking those things seriously 100%. 
And for me to be a good coach and to be a good leader, I need to be showing up in all those areas at all times. That's what, yep. that's what makes a good leader. That's what makes a good coach. And that's what makes you not a fucking fraud. There's a lot of frauds out there you have to be careful for. Absolutely, man. And something came to mind when you were talking about that. And whenever I'm struggling with something inside of me, like my, my mindset, just some, there's something not aligning. What I realize is that you need to pay attention when you're lying to yourself because I'm getting into the coaching space too and pouring into the young guys and teaching masculine leadership. And uh, what I realize is that whenever I'm beating myself up about something, it's because I'm not living it to the example that I'm teaching it. Even though I do my best to most of the time, I know when I'm falling short and it makes me feel like shit. So if to anybody listening to this, if you're, if you're bothered by something and your mindset's getting to you and you feel like you're doing good, but you know there's something not aligning, I, I encourage you to look deep into yourself and realize where you're not showing up <clears throat> because I, I'm so guilty of it. I learned this. I just realized it the other day. I've been making all these excuses for why I'm not where I thought I was going to be. But then I take a look at my daily habits and my routines, which are pretty good, but they're not as good as they could be. I'm not giving it my all. You know, so I encourage you to do that. And that brings me to my next question for you is I know that you teach mindset a lot. So I'm curious to know how you go about it and some uh, lessons you could add to add value to, to uh, the listeners. Honestly, the biggest, the biggest thing for me is consistency. You know, mm -hmm. it's uh, consistency, the daily habits, your, your, your morning routine. I'm a big, big, big um, advocate for morning routine. It's changed my life, you know, and, um, obviously there's changes that happen along the way, but, uh, morning routine is a big one hitting the gym regularly. You know what I mean? Taking care of your fitness to me, one of the number one things that will change your life is honing in on your fitness. And I say that because people look at fitness as health. They look at it as food. They look at, yes, all those things are a big part of it. But the truth is, People don't understand the weight of fitness because it works to your mindset because it builds confidence. When you're in the gym, and I don't care what gym you go to, okay? For a long time, I did HIIT training. There are people that do CrossFit. There are people that do traditional weight training. It does not make one difference which area of fitness that you choose to do. At the end of the day, that is the one place that you have a battle that is you versus you. Mm -hmm. It's you against your thoughts. It's you against your negative. The negative always creeps in, right? Anybody that's ever done a rep in the gym, the first thing that creeps in your mind is, damn, I don't got this. You know, if you're supposed to do 10 reps, the guy will lay down on the bench and he'll do seven reps, even though you know he could push out another three. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing when I did HIIT training. We did a lot of uh, indoor rowing. And it's like, we all have the capability to push ourselves further. And that's the one place, the one sanctuary that I go, that I can push myself beyond what my body thinks it can, or at least not my body, but my brain. Your body's capable of way more. It's your brain that limits you to doing more. So I really try to talk to people about pushing themselves to go harder in the gym. You know, start getting their fitness right. That's like the staple to me. It's like when you think of, when you lay a tent on the ground, right? You use these pop-up tents and it's a windy day. Well, what do you have to do? You have to anchor the thing to the ground. And part of the anchor for me has been my fitness. Now, I'm not in the shape 100% that I want to be in, but the point is I get up every day and I go. Yep. You know, six days a week at least. And so 
that's been, if I had given anybody any advice, that's been the one biggest turnaround for me because it affects, it's a trickle down effect from there because I'm learning the skills of the battle against myself, which affects you in your life, in all areas, your business, your relationships, in the gym itself. So that's one of the biggest ones. Um, you know, moving past that, it's really just the daily tasks, man. You know, you were just talking about it. You really have to build confidence and confidence comes from doing the work. It yep. comes from doing what you say you're going to do. It comes from integrity. And what is integrity? Integrity is making promises to yourself and keeping them. That's yep. how I see integrity. Mm -hmm. And if so, if you're a promise maker to yourself, but you're full short on every promise you make, that's another place you could start. Make yep. small promise. And, and you know, adding another layer, I don't want to give too much, but like add another layer. Don't, try to break everything off in one day. That's the other thing. Everybody wants the biggest results and they want them yesterday. Every area, if you want a strong marriage, well, guess what? You're not going to create a strong marriage in one day. It takes mm -hmm. time. You know, it takes work. If you want to build muscle and you want to build strength or you want to build a specific body, it does not happen overnight. It takes time. If you want to build a business and you want to be successful, doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. Every aspect of your life takes time. So give yourself a little bit of grace and give yourself the opportunity to say, okay, you know what? Small wins at a time. When you're first starting with working on your mindset and working on your life, the most important thing is taking attainable wins, small wins. And that's the most important thing I tell people because everybody I talk to, Oh, I try dieting. Oh, I try going to gym. Oh, I try. But everybody's, uh, they're, they're upset that they didn't get the results in one week. And yep. you have to learn to dial it back. Like, okay, so, so let's look at how, like I'll, I'll sit with somebody and say, okay, let's look at your procedure. How, how do you go about it? Do you, are you trying, like, how about you work on losing one pound this week? Seven days, lose one pound. Mm-hmm. And for people who don't work out, one pound is like, if you can't lose a pound in a week, you're, you're not doing the work. Yeah. You, you should be able to lose two or three pounds a week. I'm no fitness guy, but I know that just from my yeah. experience. So like, you got to start with really small goals because what happens is you, it's like a snow, the snowball effect, as they say, right? You start with a little snowball and as you roll it, it grow, it, it just keeps turning into a bigger snowball and momentum is huge. And that's all built into it. Momentum, um, confidence and small victories. That's to me, that is the, the, the nucleus to, to, to a strong mindset. That's so good, man. And I just want to go, I want to tell the listeners just paralleling everything that you just said into what I'm building and exactly what you're saying and how it ties into it. So when I talk about conquering your life, the first step is to conquer your body. Because once you do the work for your body, like you said, it's a mindset workout too. You go to the gym and you push yourself. You're pushing your mind to keep going. Your mind tells your muscles what to do. So by focusing on your body and starting there, you then dive into your mind. And then from my experience and what I teach others is that that helps you on your spiritual journey so much because there's only three things that you and I are. We're mind, body, and spirit. Mind, body, and spirit. And from what I understand, the more that I dive into my body and my mind and the temple God has provided me with, the more that I can hear him, the more he puts things in front of me to take action on. It's just such an amazing thing. And something came to mind when you were talking and it was, I don't know where this came from, but it was about building like a tower 
Maybe it's because you're in New York and there's skyscrapers everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're building a skyscraper, does the skyscraper build itself overnight? No, man. It starts with the foundation and then the beams and then the stairs and they work. Hold up. up. Don't go too far. What's important too is not only do you have to build a foundation, but you have to build a strong foundation. Ooh, Can't yeah. build it on a weak foundation. So the foundation is everything. So go ahead. Yeah, no problem, man. But I was just thinking like, if you're going to build that big ass awesome tower and that's where you want in life, maybe that's the body you want. Maybe that's the business you want. Maybe that's the dreams you desire. You know, you got to realize that in everything in life that is built, that is created, that is worked on, it has a start and it has an end. You cannot take the steps that you walk all the way up a tower without taking the first step, the second step, the third step first. You just got to keep going in that line. And too many people get caught up in thinking that, like what you said, I can lose the weight that I need to and have the body I need to in a week. You know, that's like the mindset that they have. Oh, I'm going to do it fast. Yeah. Can you can you become a millionaire overnight? Maybe, but maybe after hours and hours and hours of work is put into it. And uh, just to tie it also back to what you said about losing weight. I'm pretty lean and skinny and I could lose a pound in a week. So if you are out there working now and you're not seeing the goals that you want, you got to realize there's a place that you're not showing up to do it. So for sure, especially on the, I mean, you know, just talking about fitness because we're talking about it. Like I realized when I started paying a coach and that's another thing, you know, for people listening that may not believe in coaching or are kind of skeptical about coaching or, maybe don't have the funds for coaching. That's another story. Man, coaching changed my life mm -hmm. in Same. the biggest way because I was already working on myself. I was already diving into my own mindset, but it wasn't until I joined the mastermind for, my, for the first time about six years ago and started working with a coach and had somebody in my ear about making massive changes. And that's where, like you asked me about turnaround, so I have to talk about the things where my life really kind of switched. But overall, when I talk about mindset and shifting in the in the most major ways was when I joined my first mastermind. Because I was in lines, uh, the lines then with Sean Whalen. And man, I'll tell you what, you talk about shedding so much, pretty much all the negativity I had in my life, all the negative relationships I had in my life. I learned the skills to eliminate those things from my life. And that meant, fixing some of those relationships. And it also meant leaving people behind. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I know that's hard for people listening. You know, when I heard it for the first time, like you might even have to leave your own parents behind. That's not something we can fathom a lot of times because we grow up believing that your mm -hmm. family is your family. You got to stick with them, but it couldn't be further from the truth because the reality is there's family choice and there's family of origin. Mm -hmm. And just because they're family of origin, just because I was born you know, where I was born and who, who gave birth to me and, and where I spend my time, it doesn't make a difference because if you're not serving, you know, and that's the other thing, like we're individuals and you're talking about building mindset. You're talking about building a life. You're talking about coaching men. And the truth is in order for me to elevate my life, I have to eliminate people that are not serving my purpose. Yep. And it's not a knock on people. You know, Bobby Castro last year when I was at MDM, we got to go to a lunch with him. And it was like a Q&A, basically. He gave a little background on himself and then he did a Q&A. And I had the opportunity to ask him. And what was one of the biggest hangups I had because I had a core group of friends that when I was homeless and broke and, and really going through it, 
I had a core group of friends that was there with me every step of the way. And I have nothing but love and admiration for them till this day, because I'll never forget going through those times when I didn't eat for days at a time. And these guys are showing up with food to help me out and showing up, spending time and not caring that I was in such a shit spot and were willing to, to, to give their time and their energy to me, you know, to, to, to make me a happier person. So I'll never forget it. But I asked them, I say, you know, now I'm at a point in my life where I'm elevating. I'm building a big business. I'm working on other stuff. I want to have, I'm working on some investments. I'm working on building generational wealth. That's where my head's at. But the guys that were there for me when I was at my worst are status quo. They're not moving. They're not moving up. They're not moving down. They're just flatline and in, in who they are. What, you going to say something? No, I was just saying flatline. Yeah, flatline. Just like do <laughs> nothing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and I'm not knocking it. Like I have love for it. Whatever makes people happy to me is all I care about. I, I genuinely want to see everybody happy. I don't understand being happy with mediocrity, but that's me. And it's okay how you look at it. But at the end of the day, I don't need to surround myself with that mediocrity. And so I had to start moving myself. So when I asked him, he goes, listen, my man, I know exactly what you're talking about, but you don't have to do it with malice. You do it with love in your heart. And what I mean by that is when you see them, you can give them love. But what you do is you just slowly stop answering the phone or you always, whenever you do, you know, bump into them or they get you on the phone, you make yourself unavailable. You, you don't have to do these things in a way that can, that's a detriment to your relationship. You'll always have that love for each other. Like I could tell mm-hmm. you to this day, there are guys I haven't seen in two years, but then when I, if I bump into them tomorrow, we're going to hug it out and love each other for the few minutes we get to talk. And then I'm just going to get right back on yeah. what I was doing. But the reality is I'm trying to be, yeah, I might have a lot of years on you, but I want to be around guys like you. I want to mm-hmm. be around guys that are in our groups. I want to be around those types of people because they feed my energy and I feed their energy and they're we're all helping each other elevate one way or another. And when I'm around those people, there is no elevation. The conversations are not you know wrapped around elevation and doing bigger things in my life. So, you know, all these things tie in for the people listening. I'm sure you've talked about this with uh, like this type of stuff with other mm-hmm. people because a lot of it is mindset and reality. But eliminating people from your life that don't serve you is huge. This is your life. Like we have one shot at this thing. Yeah. You know, and like I'm not, I'm not really like I hate to, I hate to say I'm a big um I'm a big YOLO guy. <laughs> I know YOLO got played out, but I believe in it. We have one shot. We we don't get another opportunity after this opportunity goes. I mean, depending on what you believe in afterlife or if you come back as somebody else, but forget that. This vessel that you're in, that you're sitting in and I'm sitting in right now as we speak, this is my one opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so why would I waste it? I wasted this opportunity. I wasted this gift for so many years on things that didn't serve me. I wasn't even serving other people the way I should have. I wasn't showing up for anybody the right way. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, I wasn't showing up for me. So how could I show up for others? So the reality comes down to like, we got this one shot, dude. Like why I'm not, I'm not living me, me in a mediocrity uh, environment. That's it. That mediocre world is over for me. Like mm-hmm. I have one focus and that's to win and that's to help other people win. And that's to help other people find their purpose and find their passions because now that became my passion. And that's going to be my gift left to the world is helping as many people as I possibly can along the way while building my own empire. I love it, man. Every time somebody says one shot, I think of a eight mile. Yes, sir. One opportunity. 
and I got the last name Mathers, so it's pretty cool to have that too. <laughs> um, hey, but it's so right track, bro. <laughs> I thank you, man. And it's so true, though. And one thing I want to tie into what you were saying is something that I struggle with, and I'll just let you have it and see what you have to say. Um, I know that I love my family. I love my mom. I love my dad. I love my aunts. I love my uncles. Um, but dude, I do not like hanging out with them. I just don't, man. It's just when I'm around them, my frequency drops. And it, when I talk about what I'm doing, they bring me down. And they don't understand it. So to the listeners that probably relate to that too, I'm just trying to think of any advice you have, you know, like where do you draw that line? You know, like for instance, my mom, I love her to death. She raised me. She's my mom. And I want to help build her up so much. That's one of the biggest lessons I've learned in 2022 is that like, I see my family around me and I want them to come up with me. Let's go, let's grow. And they don't want to, no matter how much I reach out my hand to pull them up, they just, they won't reach out their hand. Mm -hmm. Um, Crabs in a pot, man. That's the other problem that happens. You reach down. It's great when you reach down and people just choose not to grab it. I'm good with that because some people choose not to. But then in other situations, you got crabs in a pot, right? The crabs in the bottom of the pot start reaching to the top, trying to grab the, you're the crab trying to climb out of that pot, out of that old lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the crabs in the bottom are trying to pull you back into their world. And so as long as those people aren't doing that, yeah, it's unfortunate because you obviously want to see people you love and care for win. But mm-hmm. I also, that's another thing like, and I don't want to interrupt because I know you were getting to a point, but it's important. I used to want so badly for everybody else to win with me. But when you realize people don't, unfortunately, you have to take the, you have to take the bull by the horns and say, you know what? And, and, and again, this is going back to what we talked about in the beginning, which mm-hmm. is being the best version of you. I can't make other people the best. For, like I'm a, I'm a coach. Yeah, but I can't force yeah. people to want to grow. I can't force people to want to be better. They mm-hmm. have to want it. That's the only time coaching comes in. You're not coaching people that don't want to be coached. The people that come and work with you or come work with me, they came for a reason because they're ready to do some work. Yeah. So it's, I can be the best coach in the world. You know, the, the, the Ryan Stumans and the Sean Whalens and the Ed Milets of the world, they're great at what they do, but they would never be able to force somebody that doesn't want it to do it. You know, some people are okay being stuck the rest of their life. They're just, but at the same time, it's that for, for me and maybe for you, like that light switch that goes off and you say, oh shit, I've been doing this wrong the whole time. Yeah. And that's so true too. A lot of the people that I have been wanting to bring up are older than me, like it or not, like closer to your age. And uh, they're so stuck in their ways. You know, it's almost like, like what you said, you went through those things and it broke you out. You're like, holy shit, like I need to get my stuff together. Mm -hmm. And it sucks that like it or not, my dad, my mom, my family, you know, they're going to have to go through something like that for them to wake up and do something about it. But even then, like my mother <clears throat> and mama, if you listen to this, I love you to death. This is just to prove a point. <laughs> but my mom, love in the heart, man. Yes. Always loving the heart. I love my mom to death, man. Um, she was great. She ra- She helped raise me. You know, she's always been a lover. But the thing is about her is that she's always pouring into other people and not herself. And I believe that that ended up being a detriment to her because last year or two years ago, she had cancer and she's four foot 10. Okay. No, she, yeah, she's four foot 10. She's tiny, but she had a, a tumor in her, 
stomach about the size of a grapefruit. Holy shit. You know, and it ended up being cancerous. Um, and then after that, she was saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop doing all these things. Because I mean, she she felt what mortality was like in that moment. You know, she tried reaching out to God, doing all these things, which is awesome. You know, I understand, but she's doing it again. Like she's heading down the exact same path. And it, it just hurts so bad because I, I was there for her after she healed. I was like, all right, mom, we're going to the gym. We're eating healthy. I'm going to be your coach. We're going to do this. Oh, man, it just sucks because she's going right down the same same rabbit hole, man. And uh, I tried, you know, she was uh, she was calling me earlier and I uh, I was on a podcast I record all my podcasts on Fridays and it mm-hmm. feels bad, but like I had to keep hanging up the phone. She kept calling me and uh, like it or not, I know it was probably about something like some sort of drama. So it's just, it's just, it's just, well, it's you, know, a, you said something earlier. Um, you started talking about people and, and, and so I call pouring from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, I can't pour into you if, if my, if I'm empty, people mm-hmm. try, you try, but, but, but it's not coming from the right place because you're not where you need to be. So the reality is maybe another direction to take with her is not trying to pull her in your direction, but figure out a way to fill her cup because she's pouring mm-hmm. from an empty cup. That's why she keeps going back into old old things and old experiences. It's comfortable. It's safe. And she's holding on to something. You know, this is more ther- therapy than anything, but this mm-hmm. is coaching 101. It's like, okay... Where are you deficient? Where are you falling short? Because it's easy for us to stick our hand out and want to take people with us. But on the other side of it, it's like she, and you said she pours into people, but she's she's pouring into people because she's lacking something. And I forgot who I was talking to. Somebody was talking about the mirror. It's like, a, oh, I was talking to like a doctor or something, a little bit uh, hippity-dippity type of doctor, but she was talking about looking in the mirror. When people talk to you, it's almost they're projecting themselves onto you. So it's like you have to, a strategy you may want to use is figuring out a way to fill her cup. What energizes her? What brings her happiness? What, you know, and you got to start filling that cup up. Once her cup is full, then she might want to dive into doing things differently. Maybe you have to give her a different perspective. Because that's the other thing. Like, yeah, it's easy to take her to the gym, but if she don't want to do it, she's not there or or ready for it, it ain't gonna happen. It doesn't matter what you do. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. drug addicts. It's the same thing. They only get clean when they're ready to get clean. It doesn't matter if the best friend comes and says something. They get clean when they're ready. And that's it. Absolutely. Dude, I appreciate you and what you just said because you just helped me uh, put an analogy in my brain that again, just happened. <laughs> just like the skyscraper thing. Maybe it's a divine thought from God, but it makes perfect sense. So hear this out. I just wrote it down. So, pouring into an empty cup and you're wondering why no matter how much you pour into that empty cup, why is it not filling up? Well, it's because the cup has holes at the bottom that need to be patched first before you can fill it. So with exactly what you were saying, she has holes that she needs to patch that you unique things and certain things have to be done first for her to want certain things to be pulled in the direction that she needs not from what I need. What does she need within? What do you need within to whoever's listening? Why is it that no matter how much you try to get better for yourself, that something ends up bringing you back down? Well, you need to figure out where your holes are within yourself and patch those before you can move on. What do you think about that? Oh, that's that's 100%. Just to tack on to that, I'll give your listeners a little bit of a, a, a freebie because it's something that I learned from coaches. 
And it's one of the things that changed my life forever. So there's two things. One, to the person who's causing you a lot of um, aggravation or it's causing you sadness, write that person a letter. Whatever you're feeling, you write that letter. Now, you could do one of two things with it because the letter is for you. It's not for that person. And what I mean by that is a lot of times as humans, we hold on to everything. It's one of the biggest uh, problems people have is this holding on to old shit, holding on to old stories, holding on to old things. So the first exercise is to write the letter. Be vulgar, be everything, every emotion you feel in writing it. So I'll tell you what I did. I had this problem with my own mother. So I wrote her the first edition of the letter, which was full anger, full rage. Then I didn't send it. I held on to it. I kind of repurposed it. I rewrote it with, with grace included, but telling her things that bothered me, I sent that one. Then we started to patch our relationship and basically fixed it. And I sent her a third one. On the third one, it was all grace and love and appreciation for where she's been and acknowledging that she didn't have it easy. And that's one thing that you can do. The second thing you can do is you write yourself, as you're listening to this for the first time, I want you to jot down four names, that the first four names that come to your mind of people that you love that you're having problems with. And once you're done jotting those names down, you're going to send each one of them a love and appreciation text. I don't give a shit if they answer. This is not for them. This is, this is an exercise for you. You send a love and appreciation text to those people. And so as you do these exercises, and then you, and then you do it again. You don't have to send it to the same people. Just send it to people. And you get in the habit now of sending love and appreciation texts, not to the same people over and over again. It could be friends, could be family, could be the same person over and over again if you want to. Don't expect a response. I got some responses. Some people didn't. But this exercise is not for them. This is for you. And what happens is you start to shed that weight of the things you've been carrying around with you. That's the first step of many different lessons. But that is one huge one that people can do right away. And it costs them nothing. That is so powerful, man. I appreciate that. You know, this dude, Greg Michaelman, invested money into a coach that told him this most likely. Yep. And now he's passing that along to you. So it might be a freebie, but it is valuable money-wise, but also just value-wise in general. That is so huge. And I'm going to use it right away, man. Um, I was actually writing notes down as soon as you were talking, thinking of four names and they came to mind. So I wrote them down. Um, but I will also realize that I have said things to people in the past that I didn't really mean. It was just me needing to get my anger out and it ends up hurting them and ruining relationships. And uh, I realized writing it out really does do it. It's literally writing out what's in your mind on paper and you you truly have control of your your mind in those instances it just takes practice to do it so to anybody listening if you are going through something like that and i know every single one of us has somebody we can write that letter to for sure or send that text to if not two <laughs> right yeah. if not multiple right 100 yeah, percent um, dude, I, I really do appreciate that. That's super powerful. And I'm going to implement it and teach it any chance that I get. Yeah, man, it's good. And listen, I mean, I appreciate you having me on. I really do. And, um, you know, now that we made this connection, that's the one thing I do love about doing these shows is, you know, you get a little deeper dive into each other. And then, you know, as a guest, which I've done a handful of times, you know, I get, it's nice to tell my story, but I also connect with the host and the same thing on my shows. So, you know, one of these days now I'll have to reciprocate and have you come on 
and talk a little bit about your story because mm-hmm. um, you know, I find a lot of joy talking to the younger generation, seeing guys doing big stuff. And hopefully maybe you give me a little bit of insight on how those text messages and letters and things yeah. worked out. It's interesting. I'm always curious how it works for people because it worked wonders for me. So Absolutely, man. And I'm all for it. I would love to hop on your show and check it out. Um, and let's speaking of that, let's tell the listeners you know, about your show, where they can find you and look you up. Yeah, so I have the uh, the traded life is the uh, the name of the podcast. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's pretty much on all the big platforms. Uh, my Instagram is fight like a mother effer. So it's fight like a mother, and then effers is f e r at the end. Uh, so that's where you can find me. And then on Facebook, I'm just Greg Michaelman. Actually, it's Greg C Michaelman. Now I forgot about that. I had to change it because I got hacked. So it's G R E G. Uh, space C space M I C H E L M A N. So that's Dude. basically where I spend most of my time. Yeah. And he posts some amazing content, his reels. He's very good at it. Go check him out online, guys. This guy, as you can tell, is absolutely amazing and has a plethora of knowledge. Man, you've just been off the cuff the entire time like a rapper spitting bars. You never stop. <laughs> well, I appreciate man. you having me on, man. This is fun, you know? Absolutely. We're going to, yeah, we're going to stay in touch for sure. But yeah, everybody follow him, check him out. As you can tell, he's an amazing guy. And uh, from this, we're going to be connected even deeper now. And uh, yeah, till next time, everybody. And then hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode resonated with you, or if you know somebody who needs to hear it, don't keep it to yourself. Share it far and wide to anyone who crosses your mind. Send them a text message, an email, a DM on social media. Take a screenshot if you have to and share it to your stories on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat. I also want to express my gratitude for the incredible support and the five-star reviews on iTunes and Spotify. Your reviews help the show reach new audiences who might have never stumbled upon it before. By listening, they have the opportunity to open their minds and potentially change their lives. So please keep those reviews coming in and let's continue to make a huge impact together. Till next time, everybody. This is Tristan Mather signing off. And remember, if you want to make the world a better place, you must first look at yourself and make that change. Conquer your life.